Welcome back. Episode four of Money Equals M Squared brought to you by Lagus, Lucas, and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Lucas. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of having a financial plan and what exactly it can be used to help solve. We're going to go over some different types of goals that clients use a financial plan to solve and how they can use that effectively to reach their goals. Anything that we go over today is going to be general in nature, and we're not going to talk about any specific products or specific recommendations for our clients. But Mike, before we get started with that, we had Trish Gormican from Gormican PC on last episode talking about some tips for taxes and filing and stuff like that. What did you think about her and having her on? I think it was great. I mean, Trish does a lot in the community. Uh, she's local. If anyone needs questions, she can answer them pretty quickly. And uh, you know, when it comes down to it, it's tax season. You know, tax season, we're in the full swing. You're getting your statements, your 1099s. So I think it was uh, definitely uh, something we should have brought in. Perfect timing. Yeah, I think it was good timing just to have her in and to go over kind of some of those tips because we spent a lot of time talking, you know, what do you do when you sit down with an accountant? And that's probably, I'd say, the biggest question that you and I get is, okay, do I need an accountant or what do I actually do when I go meet with them? Yeah, the, and just in like in life in, in general, Mike, the more you prepare, the more you know beforehand, the easier it is, less frustrating it is. That's for sure. So, you know, kind of segueing into, you know, today's topic with, you know, creating a plan and everything, you know, preparation. Why don't you talk a little bit about what if someone wants to get started with any type of financial plan working with us, what are what should they do to get started? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing you have to figure out what that plan's for, what type of goals you have that plan for. So whether it's saving for a young child to go to college, whether it's saving for retirement, it's important to pinpoint, pinpoint that exact goal. Okay. Once you have that goal in mind, you get got to get prepared for it. So some of the things you have to do is you have to think about it. All right. How much can we save on a regular basis? All right. You have to prepare some of the documents you've already done to start saving. Is this the best spot to save? So it's important to gather a lot of those tools, gather a lot of that information prior to that. So you mentioned, you know, gathering the documents to get started. What are some of those documents? What should someone be looking for when they're putting a financial plan together? Well, we do a lot of work with like teachers and people in education. So you're going to want to figure out what type of pension statements that you have when, when you got started. And a lot of that stuff, Mike, they send those documents out once a year. So it might take some time to figure it out. So it's really important to take some time beforehand to gather the most material. So the pension statements, one. All right, if you have a 401k at work, Gather some of those statements. Um, a lot of times, you know, you might have been gifted assets or gifted like savings bonds. These are all certain pieces of the plan that you can get together. Because when you're putting that plan together, you want to look at the whole picture. You don't want to look at a, a certain portion of it and then later go back, oh, yeah, I forgot about this or I forgot about that. I mean, it's nice to add that in. But if we can put that plan together, there might be other resources you could put some of those assets to to help for different sp specific goals yeah you know that's a big thing when i'm working with clients right it's figuring out every single statement that they have right like one of the things is you know if you've saved like you talked a lot about the assets but it's also the debts that they have yep. right like if we're looking at something if we're looking at a retirement plan when that mortgage is going to be paid off plays into the plan largely you know if you're talking about you know we're talking about kids going to college, right? It's how much have you saved. But if you took out a loan for them to go to college, that loan now becomes part of your retirement plan. So it's, it's those debts, it's the assets. And like you said, it's figuring out which asset is earmarked towards which portion of the plan because not everything is for everything. 
That's correct. I mean, if you think about it now, a lot of what we do on a day-to-day basis is all now, it's more technologically advanced. So like you were saying before, you need to gather a lot of these statements. Well, well, some of the tools that we use with our clients is through AdviceWorks. And AdviceWorks, you can link a lot of these accounts together and have them all in one spot. So when we're putting a plan together for clients, we encourage them to use some of that, the, that technologically advanced tools that we have to gather that information prior. So when we take a look at it, it's already embedded in there. And a lot of this technology now will update it on a day-to-day basis or a regular basis. And it gives us the most up-to-date information. Yeah, I think AdviceWorks is a tool that you know we have through our disposal, through our partnership with Cetera. And it's something that is really a game changer for us when we're writing a plan because we're able to take a look at anything that a client links for us and we're able to see values in real time, but it also gives us our secure document sharing, right? Because they're able to put documents inside that secure document vault and they're able to share it with us. So if something doesn't link, but we need to take a look at it, something like a tax return, they're able to share it with us securely, which gives them peace of mind. And we're able to take a look at it right inside their portal. Also, as we update all the plans, they can see everything in real time. So we, we use AdviceWorks, we use that client portal a lot, and I think that's something that really helps people out. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with the retirement plan, a, a lot of cases, it's, it's well in advance. You know, some it's 10, 20, 30, 35, 40 years in advance you're planning for. It's nice to be able to go back and look, hey, look, look where I was way back in the day. So it's a, it's a portal you can use, and it stores that information for long term. Great. So I think that gives people uh, an idea of what they need to do to kind of get started with a plan. So why don't we, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll go over the different types of plans and what those can help people solve. Welcome to this week's Community Spotlight. In our Community Spotlight each week, we like to highlight a local small business that makes a difference in our community. This week's Spotlight is on the Hard Hat Tavern located at 65 Old Broadway East in North Haven, 181 North Colony Road in Wallingford, and their brand new location at 100 New Haven Road in Durham, Connecticut. They can be reached online at hardhatcafect.com. Stop in for some great food, cool drinks, and beer. Their dube wings are fresh chicken wings and drumsticks, seasoned, fried, and then grilled, making them a smoky twist on the classic buffalo wing. Stop by, grab a bite, and catch the games in an exciting and perfectly casual atmosphere. Welcome back. All right, so let's take a look at the different types of things that we can solve by helping a client write a financial plan. So the first thing, Mike, let's take a look at solving for someone's retirement income need. So when we say we're going to help someone create a plan for retirement income need, what are we talking about? Yeah, we want to make sure that we're generating enough money so they don't have to worry about income in retirement. I mean, if you think about it, it's easy to plan for, well, it's not easy to plan for college, but you know when your son or daughter is probably going to go to college, right? Um, You know how much money around that you're going to need. So it's a little bit easier to plan for those type of things. But things like retirement can be difficult to plan for, especially nowadays where individuals are living longer and longer and longer. Um, But you always get that unexpected person that may pass away sooner. So the hardest part is to figure out how much money you can comfortably take from your retirement nest egg or retirement asset and not run out of money. So that's the biggest issue that we get in this type of scenario is, hey, Mike, how much money can I take out of these accounts on a regular basis? It's a tricky question because death is you know, an inevitable and you don't know when it's going to happen. So that's what I mean, it's hard for that's us. That's the biggest thing that we get all the time, right? It's like, how are you planning and for how many years? Well, we don't know when you're going to pass away. 
So what we need to do is we need to create a plan that you're never going to run out of money. Correct. And, you know, obviously a lot of people, you know, their plan is to pass along assets to friends or family or a different organization. You know, like we talked about last episode, you know, you, you might want to gift some of that money away. So it's, it's hard to plan for it, but it's important to be able to plan for those type of things. I think a plan is not necessarily complete. It's a roadmap to get you on the right track. I think it's important to update it look over it on a regular basis. I think you said one of the most important things there is the plan is really just the roadmap. It's not the final version because people are living longer. Like you said before, some people are retired for longer than they worked and we need to help them create a paycheck that they're never going to outlive without earning any more money. And they earned everything during their working life. So it's definitely a moving target that's going to move throughout their lives. And there's going to be a lot of factors that we take into play, things like Social Security income and inflation and stuff like that. So why don't you talk a little bit of how that plays into the plan and things we're looking at? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at inflation, even just last year, it was upwards of eight, almost nine percent. You know, so you have to create that extra income in that portfolio to be able to make sure that money lasts longer because, you know, $10 in groceries this week is probably going to be 13 or $14 next week. So there's different things you have to plan for. So we need to make sure that those assets inside of your plan, your 401k, things along those lines are continuously growing to be able to produce that type of income. So when people retire, people are under the notion when you retire, you want to take everything that you've worked hard to save for and put it in something safe because you want to make sure it's there. I mean, I agree. I think we need to start to transform retirement, make sure make it a little bit more conservative. But we also have to make that money grow because just like you said before, Mike, things are going to be more and more expensive down the line. So it's important to continue to have your money to grow while also taking that distribution from it. Yeah. So when people are trying to figure out how much money do I live on each month in retirement, where should they start to figure out that number? I mean, you got to start where you are now. You know, obviously, when you're retired, you know, you're you're not doing as much. You're not traveling as much. You're not spending as much on gas. Um, also, a lot of times, you know, when you're working and stuff, you're you're eating out. You know, so it's more expensive to eat out. So everything will change in retirement. But you're going to start by looking at what you're making right now, and then probably cutting it back between seventy and seventy-five percent of your working income is I would say the average of what people need in retirement. Yeah, so when we start with someone, we say we're gonna kind of start looking at that 75, 70 to 75% number. And that's kind of the basis for say like version one of the plan. And then as we get closer, we're gonna take a look at people's actual expenses and things like that and what they're actually spending money on. Because I think one of the biggest things is, you know, you mentioned like you start driving less and traveling less like when you retire, but that even changes as you are retired. You know, when you first retire, it's the, it's the big party, right? It's, it's what can I do? I, I'm so happy that I don't have to go to the office every day. Well, eventually you're going to get older and physically you're going to have limitations. So kind of planning that out really helps us decide how much we can give you and even give you more and kind of front load that plan. Absolutely. So when you get down to it, like a lot of people want like, hey, Mike, what's that number I need to save at to be comfortable? Well, you brought, you brought it up before, Mike. Everyone is different, okay? Some people like to do a lot more once they currently retire and then less as they get older. But there might be some people that just want to travel. They might need more income when they're retired, all right, than they were when they were working. So those are things that need to be thought out 
they need to be important part of a plan and they can't be, you know, a couple of years before retirement. Hey, and I want more income. It needs to be planned out well ahead of time to be able to make that stuff last. And I think we've seen a trend of people wanting to retire more and more. You see people that are around to retire at age 60 or, or even in their later 50s. It makes it very, very difficult because in retirement planning, we rely a lot on pensions and Social Security. And as we've heard more and more of Social Security, Social Security is starting to make that number larger and larger when the full retirement will pay out. So I think it's even more important to put that plan together so you don't run out of money down the line. And the biggest thing with that is that's why you have to start planning earlier. If you want to retire in your 50s, your plan probably needs to be looked at for the first time in your 20s or your 30s because you're not going to be able to decide at, say, 55 that you want to retire at 57 for the most part, right? Some people may have saved enough and they might be able to get there, but you're going to need to put the time in to say, this is how much I have to put away and this is the lifestyle I'll be able to live. Absolutely. I mean, you think about it. So, so nowadays, if someone retires at 55, I mean, there are people, I mean, I meet people in their 90s all the time. That's almost 40 years of income distribution. You know, if you think about it, if they're taking out $50,000 a year, that's over $2 million in distributions. So it's important to plan for these type of things. So, all right, let's take a look um, the next way, kind of talking about college planning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike, you, you do a lot of work in, in the college planning sector. We talked about it a little bit before. How do you first start about putting together a college plan? So the biggest thing when talking about a college plan is, is what does a college plan mean for the parents that we're sitting down with, right? Like I have three little boys. They're five, three, and two. A college plan for me is going to look totally different than if I meet someone for the first time and they have one child who's in their teens. So it's the first thing is looking at how old are the kids and how much time do we have to be able to create the plan. The next thing we're going to look at is what is the big goal of creating a plan? Some parents want to pay for 100% of every single child to go to college. They want to cover tuition, room and board. They want to tell their kids, you know, go to the best school you can possibly go to and we got you. And for some people, that's just not realistic. And it's really having that conversation with the parent to be able to say, hey, this is the school that you guys want to pay for and this is what it's going to cost. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, part of our job in terms of putting the plan together is setting that expectation and, and, and making it reality to each of the parents that are out there. Because you know, be, me being a parent myself, I have a young uh, a son who's seven and a daughter who's five. You want your best for your you want the best for your kids. But you, you got to set that expectation. So it would be unrealistic for a lot of parents to say, you know, I want to pay your 100 percent of, you, you know, Yale uh, tuition. That's just a lot of money as compared to, and you're, and you're doing other things like saving for, saving for retirement, you know, put, putting a, a roof over the head. So there's other things you have to plan for too. So setting that expectation, I think is an important part of what we do. Well, and I think the biggest thing, right? It's so once we figure out what the goal of the parent is, the next thing is figuring out how we're going to fund that goal, right? So if a parent tells us like, I'm covering hundred percent of college, no matter what. Okay. That's great. Well, that's going to cost you, let's say it's $600 a month per child until they, you know, reach college. And that's just a complete ballpark made up number, right? Um, and they say, well, I, you know, in my situation, I have three kids, that's almost $2,000 a month. Well, I can't afford that. So the next thing we're going to look at is, well, how much can you afford? What's that going to cover? And then what are some other options that you have? You know, you, the federal government, each university, some private lenders, they're going to offer parent loans that you can factor in. 
if that's something that's important and valuable to a parent, it makes sense for the household <laughs> because our job isn't to change what your goals are. It's to help you reach them in the best way that you can. And I think you brought up a good point, Mike. Let's say you have three kids and you're saving $600 per child. That's $1,800 a month. You know, you're probably not saving a lot for retirement in that type of scenario. You're probably not saving a lot for, you know, travel and those type of things. So I think when you're putting together a plan, it has to incorporate all the different aspects of financial planning. And that's retirement savings. It's, it's regular savings. It's saving for college. So there's all those different areas that you have to plan for. You can't just be narrow-minded and have one goal and get it. I think it's important to factor in all three of the goals in a true financial plan. Yeah. I mean, when we're looking at the plan, right, just like you said, college is just going to be a part of it, right? Because you're talking about one household with one budget and that has to accomplish all the goals, <laughs> So it's really figuring out, you know, what's the most important thing. And I think the biggest thing with college, you said this kind of at the beginning, it has a finite time when it's going to happen. You have a pretty good idea what it's going to cost because it's pretty, you know how long it's going to last for. And you can start saving and kind of make that decision. Retirement's more of an open-ended thing. And I think just working the two plans together is something that can really help a household. Absolutely. Now, just one quick question that a lot of my clients always ask is, well, Mike, what if my son or daughter doesn't go to school? What happens with that money? So that's a big thing that we work on when planning. So some plans are very restrictive where the money needs to be used for college. Other plans, it should be used for college or you'll end up paying some type of penalty to not use it. And some other plans, it doesn't matter what you use the money for. You know, one of the conversations that I'll always have with my client is, you know, how do you feel about your child? Are they going to go to school? If they only have one child, right, you're trying to base it based on that one child. Most plans, if you have multiple children, we can kind of change who the beneficiary is on the plan. So they're able, if you have a multiple kids in a household, we can figure out who that money's used for. But sometimes it's inevitable that to take the money out, you're going to end up having to pay a penalty if nobody went to college in the house. So it's more of just having that conversation on the front end and letting the client tell you what they really want that money to be used for. Because for some people, saving money for college is great, but they also want to save money for other things. They want to have their kids be able to buy a house or start a business or pay for a wedding, which are all equally as expensive. <laughs> I think you brought up a good point there, Mike. There's, you got to take the penalty to get out of it, but it's still money that that family has saved in that account. And it probably would have been better off you know, than, than them spending it. So even if they have to pay, pay the penalty on it, it still makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you helped someone put money aside. The money's for the kids. If it's earmarked for the kids, they're probably going to use it for their kids in the future. And that's the important thing. Um, moving on, you know, past, you know, college planning and stuff like that. Some of the other things people come to us with is just kind of saving money for the in-between time, right? We talked about college kind of has a finite time. Retirement's going to probably happen in your 60s for most people. Well, what do you do for money in your 40s and 50s? What could you need money for and how can we help people plan for that? Yeah, that's the, I would say the biggest downfall that I see when I'm sitting down with someone who's in their 30s or 40s or even 50s. A lot of people, they have money saved for retirement. If they have kids, they may have some type of college savings plan or some type of UTMA account for the kids set up. But it's that intermediate term that the lump sum of money to fix certain problems or to, to to buy a car. I see that as as one of the needs that a lot of people just miss out on. And I think it comes down they don't have a plan for it. Yeah, I mean we talked in, you know, episode one a lot about, you know, budgeting and debt, right? 
where we see a lot of people go into debt is major repairs on their house, 10 to 15 years after they bought their house because they haven't saved up anything other than paying down on their mortgage and putting money towards retirement. Absolutely. And I think what a lot of people try to do is they stock away money in a savings account. And for something that's an intermediate term saving, something that's 5, 10, 15 years down the line, I think they can do a lot better by reworking some of those assets into, let's say, non-retirement accounts that they can have access to you know, without any type of liquidity limitations and still potentially get a better rate of return on. Yeah, so one of the biggest things, you know, that kind of goes down to, like we talked a few episodes back about budgeting, right? It's really looking at how much are you going to need this year? How much do you know you're going to need, right? How much might you need in the next few years? And then the rest of the money, we could take a look at trying to get them a little bit better rate of return. Absolutely. I think there, just, just so people know, there is something in between a savings account and investing for retirement and mutual funds and things along those lines. And the best way to do that is to create some type of non-retirement account that they can access for a lump sum of money and they can save into it on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, you know, we're touching on a lot of things and we're moving relatively quickly through this, but the most important thing is to sit down with us, right? You know, you sit down with us, we're able to go through a plan, see what's right for you. You know, because each individual person is different. Everyone's time frame is different. Their goals are different. So it's so important to take a look at that plan for, for you to see what makes the most sense. Absolutely. Now, we've touched on three plans so far. We talked about retirement income, college planning. We talked a little bit about just general investment savings. Um, the three that I think we, we don't see the most uh, are planning for life insurance, any type of long-term care, or like disability insurance. So Mike, tell us a little bit of what you need to do to plan for these type of things. Yeah, so life insurance, uh, long-term care, and disability are three things that people just don't want to talk about, right? When you're talking about life insurance, you're talking about planning for your spouse or your loved ones passing away. It's just a conversation that people don't want to have. Um, you know, long-term care is someone ending up for the most part in a nursing home or needing some at-home care, you know, and disability is planning for someone not to be able to go to work and earn their income every, every day. So what we try to do similar to the retirement income planning and the college planning is we're going to take a look at how much money do you need to make to run your household? And then we're going to extrapolate that out over many years. So with life insurance, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to replace as much income as possible if someone were to pass away. And we're also trying to take care of as many debts as we can. <laughs> um, with disability insurance, it's the same thing. But instead of you passing away, you just can't go to work. So if you're used to bringing in you know, a $75,000 a year income and you can't go to work and your household needs that money to survive, we need to find a way to have a plan for you to be able to recreate that income when you're no longer working for however long that lasts for, which flows right into what a long-term care event is. You know, long-term care events, most people think of long-term care insurance to cover you if you end up in a nursing home or an assisted living facility when you're older. But we've seen it many times happen with people that are younger and still working, whether it be through an accident or a traumatic event. And that insurance can help pay those bills so you don't have to eat up your retirement accounts and that other savings that you have. Makes sense. Now, Mike, let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Um, when should someone, what age should someone start to plan for these type of goals? Let's first start with life insurance. Yeah, so with life insurance, I always say it's going to be one of two major events in someone's life where someone's now relying on their income other than themselves. So for me, I, I like to start with my clients either when they get married and they now have a spouse that's relying on their income or when they have their first child and that child is now relying on their income, whether they're here or not. Okay, so 
most people think about life insurance, they think about, oh, when you get older and die. And a lot of people look for life insurance when they get older because they want to be able to leave a legacy. So what you're saying is that's not the case. They should probably do it a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, leaving money behind when you do pass away at an old age is a goal of a lot of our clients because it helps leave a legacy. But with life insurance, it becomes harder to qualify for as you get older because the reality is we all know we're going to pass away at some point. We just don't know when that is. The likelihood of it being sooner increases as you get older, which also means that it's going to get more and more expensive as you get older as well. Um, also, you want to take care of it when you're younger because, yeah, younger people pass away less, but we don't know what we don't know. And the last thing we'd want to see is a family or a child unprotected, you know, where a family would now have to come up with some additional money that they just don't have. So we talked a little bit about life insurance and putting a plan together. Is this just the one time you do it when you're younger and it's good to go? Or should it be reviewed? Should it be updated? And then when should it be updated? How long? So life insurance, you know, similar to the other type of plans that we talked about, should be updated regularly. Any type of life event that changes should bring an update to your life insurance plan to make sure that it's up to date. So some of those changes that we look for are um, significant changes in income, you know, the um, addition of a child, um, if you buy a new house, anything that changes your financial situation where it would change how much money you would need, your family would need if you pass away, kind of triggers, hey, we should take a look at your life insurance plan to see if you're fully protected. Makes sense. Okay, so let's move next on to long-term care. Traditionally, that's you don't most of the time you don't get started with that when you get married or have first child. So when do you start looking into long-term care? Most people start to look at long-term care insurance right around the time that they're getting retired. Because most people, like I said before, are thinking of long-term care insurance to cover them should they end up in a nursing home or an assisted living facility later on in life. So my biggest thing when I'm working with a client, anytime that they're getting ready to retire, that's when I'm mentioning long-term care. So the first time we start that, hey, it's retirement's real, long-term care becomes part of the conversation to really take a look at it. So that way, again, it's affordable and we can get it in place. Makes sense. Now, disability, obviously you don't want that when you're retired, but that was something you need throughout all your working years, right? Absolutely. So disability and life insurance go hand in hand, right? Life insurance is if you do pass away, where disability is if you just can't go to work. So as soon as we start having that life insurance conversation, we're going to have the disability insurance conversation as well. And with disability insurance, it's those same triggering events to make us update the plan. If you get a new job and you're making more money, we need more money if you become disabled. <laughs> Great. So I think we went over, you know, a lot of different plans today and stuff like that. Um, you know, Mike, you've shared a lot of information on the retirement income plan and, and what that can really help protect. Was there anything else, you know, we should have said there? No, I mean, I think the, the retirement plan, the income plan, it's just variable. Everyone's situation is different and it's important to sit down and plan with it. And, and it, it could start day one of when you're working and it needs to be updated on a regular basis. Yeah. So, you know, with college planning, you know, same thing, you know, we got to figure out, you know, as soon as a child's born, right, what's the parents thoughts on college. So that way you can get a head start on it and then really adjust for what type of school do you want to plan for and everything like that as they're getting older. And we see our kids grow up every single day. Some days it's like, oh, there's no chance this child goes to school. But there's other chances like, oh, man, she's, she's already thinks she's in school. So, yeah, it updates and changes on a regular basis. Absolutely. You know, and then I think, you know, the other stuff, you know, talking about, you know, saving for that investment, you know, in between and then really protecting yourself with insurance are just things that a lot of people don't take a look at. And it's important when you're doing a full financial plan for someone to really take a look at what's important. Agreed. Great. 
So I think, you know, that gives people a, you know, a real good idea of, you know, why it's important to have a financial plan and everything like that. This, this wraps up, you know, episode four of money equals M squared. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at team LLT or online at LLTWM.com. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific goals, risks, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risk, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, 2nd Floor West, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of service.